right, good morning. You can see I'm getting ready for something. This could go really great or horribly wrong. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> uh, as I do prepare this, just to address the elephant in the room, it is a warm elephant in the room, and the air conditioning was not working, and we've got it working, but it's slow to get cool. So just so you know. But welcome here uh, to this new series all about what we value. You can see kind of a new look uh, in some things, but with the same purpose, same vision, and uh, but really honing in on the things that we value. And so you have this here. I can see some of you, this journal can also function as a fan today. It's kind of a, it's a multi-tool of sorts for you. Um, but this is also like your sermon notes for the entire series. So I encourage you, if you've not uh, picked one up in the lobby to grab that, uh, it's got some great stuff in here for you. Uh, and I encourage you to put your name in there and uh, then we'll be able to identify when there's, you know, 50 of them laying around that all look exactly the same. But as we look into what we value as a church, what is our core? What, is the, uh, what are the things that, like the hills that we would die on? You can even see in here on the, about page three, I guess, or so of this, it says our vision and our purpose as a church. These things remain the same. Well, who we are remains the same. Who we will be on the road ahead. Calvary Church seeks to be a church family that is better together, being changed by the gospel to love like Jesus across all cultures and generations. And our purpose, Calvary Church is a community where we connect with God and others to grow in our faith so we reach Orange County and the world for Jesus Christ. And then we're looking into today these things uh, beginning this series leading up to our 90th anniversary on October 25th, Calvary Church turns 90 years old, which is, yeah, very exciting. Um, so just excited for all of this, this series of, okay, well, let's be reminded of what are these things that we value most dearly? What are the things that we care about as a church? Uh, and then you can even see just kind of some, like, there's stuff in the back of the seats again, you know? It's safe to have a Bible. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you can see some of that, like some pens that all have some of the new look there and all of that. And we continue to preach here at Calvary through the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, and the NLT, as we've even talked with our uh, Wycliffe Bible translators and linguists and all of that, of what is best for us. We continue to preach through those, uh, as well as we think the, the best Bible to give to a friend is probably this NLT version that you'll see in the back of the seats there uh, in front of you. And we want you, those are there to use during the service, but also for you to take if you don't have one or to give away to someone if they don't have one. It even has information of how to begin a relationship with the Lord and information about Calvary there at the front. So I want to encourage you to do that. Those aren't there just for, to look, you know, to look at during the service, but even to give away. And so that's there. And so I've got this you know, this giant Jenga-ish thing, and we talk about what we value. We talk about the core, right? These things that are at our core. We want to make sure that we aren't a people that will let our core rot, that would let our core be removed. I don't know if you even remember uh, back on June 24th, if you saw in the news, that building in Florida that just collapsed. Just, it seemed almost randomly, all of a sudden, this building just falls down, and it was a, just a horrible tragedy. But in its core and at its foundation, there was, there was rot, there was decay, there was 
uh, the removal of what was needed to be there, it was, was gone. And so then it just, whoa, tumbled. I'm not ready. <laughs> but, you know, when we think about just our faith, we think about our church, what, what do we value? What is our core? And if you begin to remove that core, you will have problems. I'm trying to see how long I want to keep going with this. Um, but what we say even here today is there also is some values that are, that are the values that are even more foundational, right? The ultimate core there in that way. And when you take away something like the value of truth, that's, oh gosh, Eric, now you really blew it. Uh, the value of truth, <laughs> that's when the entire thing crumbles. Things that don't go exactly how you plan is also fine. <laughs> but uh, we, we have to make sure that when we think about the foundational core of what we care about, what we value, it is so important to know that these are the hills that we won't die on. And truth, truth is our first foundational value. So that's what we'll be digging into today. Because truth is found in the Word of God. So let's look into this passage here in Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, as it starts us out. It says, Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. You see all these different gifts, different roles all coming together, and it says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. That we have to have this knowledge of God's Son, knowledge of the truth of who Jesus is. And when we have this unity in our faith, then we will be mature in the Lord. And then finally it says, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. The standard of Christ, the measure of Christ. It is Jesus that is our standard. And so if we want to have truth and find truth, we find that ultimate embodied truth in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone. And so for us to recognize that we're all different, right? We're all coming together, but we're coming together then to have that unity in Christ and he is our standard. So when we think about truth, we should think about Jesus. And what uh, all of these values too, by the way, as you're looking even in, if you're looking around or flipping through this, um, this, they all have like the name of the value and then kind of like a little bit of a subtitle, right? And the subtitle for this one on truth is that we think biblically about everything and humbly about ourselves. All right? We think biblically about everything and humbly about ourselves. And so those are these two kind of key points that we'll be working through today. First, that we think biblically about everything. Right? And so that Ephesians passage, it continues where it says, then, right, this, this standard of Christ. And it says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak 
the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. So you see there where it says, we will speak the truth in love. We aren't, we aren't blown back and forth by all these new teachings or whatever they might be because we are firm in our foundation of truth in God's word. And then we will speak that truth, but we speak it in love, right? We think biblically about everything, but humbly about ourselves. We speak truth, but we speak it in love. And then, then we're growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is that standard, that measure that we are to live like. And it says then, who is the head? Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So truth isn't just about, like, we stand upon these truths, we're going to fight for them. But it, truth is also a thing where when we stand upon the truths of Scripture and the truths of who Jesus is, should be forming us then to be more and more like Christ. And that's how we know that we have the truth and we know we're living the truth when we're becoming more and more like Jesus. So a couple things just about this as we start to think about, think biblically about everything is that, First, we got to know the Bible to think biblically, right? If we want to think biblically, we have to know what the Bible says. And so I want to encourage us in this, that we should be men and women of the book, men and women who are digging deep into the words of God, that we know these words deeply. And then we aren't tricked by lies so clever they sound like the truth, as it said in Ephesians there. When we know it, we can't be deceived by lies that are kind of close to it, right? We know the original. We know it in its true form. Now, Calvary Church has been known for biblical knowledge. We've been a place that that's something that we take pride in. That is a, a core um, sort of pillar of our church even is biblical teaching, that we are teaching straight from the Word and from the whole Word of God, that that is something we care deeply about. That and global missions, right, are these two kind of primary pillars in our, uh, in our history, in our 90-year history as a church. And so we care about this. And I think even sometimes we've, we've wondered, like, has this become something that was such a strength, it was almost a caution, where did we get so focused on knowledge that, as it says in, in the Word, uh, knowledge puffs up, love builds up. So were, were we getting puffed up in our knowledge, but not maybe living it out or expressing that in love? And so that was even a caution at times for us. But I do have a bit of a concern even now as, as a church, as a people, that are we still people that are grounded in knowledge of the Word of God? Do we know the Bible? Do we read the Bible regularly? Do we study the Bible? So do we not just read it devotionally, but we spend some time in deeper study that we know God's Word and know it well so that we are not deceived when other things come in that sound like truth, but they aren't really. So I want to encourage us in that. Encourage you that maybe if you feel like, ah, maybe I'm a little like, I'm strong in the knowledge category, but my expression of that knowledge is not as much in love as it should be or could be, or I'm not living it out as well as I could be or should be. But maybe you are kind of, you're doing good things or doing good deeds, but you, you, you're like a loving person, but you don't really know why. You don't know what the Word of God says, speaking into what that should be like coming from, that foundation of scriptural truth. And so we need to be both. And so just to assess yourself a bit, where am I, Lord, in this? Because 
we need to make sure that we are both led by the Spirit and taught by the Word. The source of truth. This is, I think, a great example, like just a great description of where truth comes from, what you see in this point. Because the Bible, the Scriptures, this is our source of truth. This is how we hear the voice of God. This is how we know God's heart. We know God's will. We know God's way. As we dig into the Scriptures and we know them and we know them well, we are taught by the Word of God. But we are also led by the Holy Spirit of God. As the Holy Spirit of God speaks into our lives, we receive truth in that way from him as well. We need to know what God says because that, that should never be contrary to the word of God. If that goes against the word of God, it could be a lie that you are hearing and not the Holy Spirit's leading. So we want to make sure we're grounded in the truth of God's words, but then we are led by the Spirit. And we get to know who the Spirit of God is through this as well as experience of him, right? So how do we know what truth is as we are led by the Spirit and taught by the word? That's just an important thing for us to recognize and to know. And so we speak the truth. We are called to speak the truth, but to do it in love. Do we, do we feel confident and comfortable to be able to speak the truth? Maybe even when we don't feel comfortable about doing that. And maybe it makes us uncomfortable. But I think that the truth of God's word leads us into uncomfortable moments. I want to read a verse actually from 2 Timothy, even though we just finished a whole series on 2 Timothy. But let's go right back to it because it's one of the great passages when we think about the Scriptures and what the Scriptures are about. It says, this is, remember, Paul speaking to Timothy, this younger pastor in the faith, Paul speaking, writing to him from prison. He says, you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. He says, okay, be faithful. You know these things are true because you can trust those who have taught you. And Paul's, Paul's been one of those that has, taught, that has taught Timothy about what those truths are. He's also learned that from his, his own kind of Jewish religious upbringing, right? As he's been taught the words of the Hebrew Scriptures, what we call the Old Testament. He says, you can trust these things to be true. And he says, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Fascinating that Paul says to Timothy, you can know how to come to salvation by trusting in Christ Jesus from the Holy Scriptures that he learned from childhood, which is the Old Testament, right? Even that can reveal to us who the Messiah, the Savior Jesus is. And then he goes on to say this, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. Boom, right? All scripture is useful. It's inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. All right, so the scripture is this. This is what the Bible does, is it shows us the truth because it's from God himself and it should be an authority in our lives. This is to be an authority for how you would live your life. Each day that you submit yourself to the word of God and, and to live it out in all that it says. And that's how we can find that truth. It is an accurate authority for us of how to live as a Christian. So have you placed yourself in submission to that? 
Now I think about all of this and I think about um, just kind of where we are in the world right now, kind of like where Christianity is right now in this like place in history. And there's a lot of talk right now about um, words like deconstruction, okay, or, or doubts of people that are deconstructing their faith. All right, so they're kind of, they're tearing it down. They're taking all this that they've, they've known and they're, they're kind of tearing it down. And problem, the problem really becomes is they're not building it back up with the foundation of truth in God's word, right? It will tend to then get either left looking like these blocks on the ground here, just in rubbles, we deconstruct and leave everything in, in just ruins. Or what can happen is people then reconstruct their faith based on the values of the world rather than the truths of the scriptures. And so we have to be careful here because our foundation is so, so, so important. And I want to tell you that it's, it's okay and it can even be good to have doubts. Like doubt is something that, that I think everybody will experience at times in life. But it's all about how you handle that doubt. If you just let yourself sit in the midst of that doubt and deconstruction, it looks like ruins and it won't ever be built up. But I want to encourage you when you're in those moments of doubt, when you're in that moment where you feel like you had to kind of pull everything down, and sometimes we have to pull things down because there's either Christian leaders have failed us, there's been examples of abuse in the church in certain ways, there's been people that we look up to that don't live it out, there's hypocrisy and all of that. There, there's stuff where we have kept certain things to be part of what we, what we do because of tradition rather than from the word of God. Like there's all sorts of reason to deconstruct, right? So I don't want to just, just trash people that are in that moment of deconstruction. But what I want us to, to be able to lean into and understand is that we can't sit in that. We need to process our doubts. We need to dig for the truth, spend time in the word of God, pray prayers of submission to God and his word that we will place ourselves in that moment or else we're going to just end up in rubble. So I encourage you, if that is something that you are struggling with at this time, to lean into it, to get help from a, a leader, a person that's a little farther along in the faith, a pastor, an elder, a life group leader, whoever that might be. And I encourage you to lean into that and process your doubts. Because what we want to be is we want to be people who worship the Father in spirit and in truth, right? We are worshipers of our Father in spirit and in truth. And we want to be people who dig deep wells of truth. There's even a, a story in, uh, of like these ranchers in Australia. These ranchers in Australia, um, they had traditionally, like sort of traditional ranching had been, their, their herds and flocks and whatever, they were keeping them in with fences. Kind of like just sort of a standard practice, right? You keep them in with these barbed wire fences. But then there's, that was becoming problematic for other animals in the area and the region and all of that. And so they wanted to think of another way. And the other way that they, they came up with was instead of building fences, was to dig deep wells and to have deep wells of water that would come up. And these, their animals would stay, not because they were being 
kept in or forced in, but because they wanted to be there. That's where they found refreshment. That's where they found life. That's where they found that, that source of their life in that water, right, was through these deep wells that are scattered throughout their property. And so that kind of is a beautiful metaphor, I think, of do we become defensive of the truth, ready to fight those who are going to somehow depart from the truth or even people that aren't followers of Jesus, but we want to expect them to live within the barbed wire fences of what we believe? Or do we say, hey, we're going to dig deep wells of truth that you will find refreshment and life within. That's what we want to have, that spirit, that heart. And so I encourage you even to kind of think in that way of how you can dig deep wells of truth. But the only way we can dig a deep well of truth in the word is to dig into it and know it, right? That's where we dig the well as we, as we immerse ourselves in that. Uh, and so I was just thinking about this and, and, you know, I'm thinking about our church and thinking about our people and just knowing, like, we need to be able to know the Word of God. And some of us know how, some of us probably struggle with how. I mean, this is a big book, right? A couple thousand pages, some weird words in it, and it's like, it can be a struggle. Like, how do I really know and hear from God? And then there's a friend of ours uh, of Calvary named Steve Sewell, who's recently been doing some writing on this. So I want to invite him up to talk to us about that. So let's welcome up Steve right now. I'll try and not trip you up here, brother. <laughs> Uh, welcome. It's good to have you up here on stage. Yeah, thanks so much. Um, hey, so before we get into your stuff, like what's your connection to Calvary? Like how are we all connected? If you could share that with them. Well, so back when I had hair, <laughs> I, I uh, was uh, one of your pastors, youth pastor, one of, one of, our, uh, one, one of my friends, Trevor Barron's uh, uh, was in my junior high group. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I love that. If you guys don't know Trevor, he's back in the sound booth. He's, he is our pastor of creative arts and communication. Everybody look at him. He doesn't like it. He likes to be behind the scenes. <laughs> yes. There he is. Trevor Barons. Okay. So Trevor is an incredible writer, incredible leader, great pastor. And that's so great that you were able to have him in your junior high group. There's some folks out here that were in my junior high group. And I love that. <laughs> um, and so now, for you, like, what are some of the other things, though, that you, you were a junior high pastor, what are some of the things that you've done with your life? So I've done a lot of pastoring, a lot of chaplaincy, yeah. um, and, uh, but in the last seven or eight years, I've really focused my ministry or my, my strengths around the idea of finding people at their, at their, at their grief points at the end of yeah. their road. So I've done a lot of writing and speaking and training, yeah. like counseling and grief and loss. Yeah, and so we've appreciated your, as a staff, you've done some training with us, even on like that and grief counseling, great book at a loss. But you just finished another uh, project. So what is that project? Oh, yeah. This, this, uh, this great book is uh, it's called Hearing from God. And it's really designed to be around the idea of when we're at the crossroads of our life, when we're trying to figure out what's next, when we're trying to figure out and navigating the storms of this life that we would understand that hearing God's truth uh, under the terms of the deconstruction that's been happening, especially yeah. in the last... 18, 19 months. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, like, what was, there was, like, you told me about a crisis moment that you had felt early on that sort of led you into this way of digging into the Word of God. Yeah, so when I was that. pastoring, yeah. um, I, I was really frustrated at the people, um, and I, I, I would oftentimes, Lord, give me somebody I can work with. 
and, and, uh, and, I, and I just began to, to just feel frustrated at the place that they were in. And maybe I was even feeling frustrated just at the place where I was. And I was trying to just process what that was looking like. And I remember coming to my living room and my chair and had my coffee in my hand. I had my Bible and a journal, and I've been journaling for years. And at that point, I was just hearing, I was just trying to listen. And I felt like he was saying to me, and this is the way that I, I hear God, is that I, I heard him speak directly to me. He said, Steve, I want to speak to you in the Psalms, and I want you to read the Psalms. So as a compliant person that I am, I read it in one day. And I was just waiting for that, like, magical moment to come through. And then the Lord, you know, kind of spoke to me and says, hey, Steve, thanks for your compliance. Thanks for taking me at my word. But can we slow it down a little bit? So I thought, okay, Lord, I'll be happy to slow it down. So three or four days went through, and I finished. And I was like, yes, I'm ready, Lord. Give me the, the method or give me the process or, or that program, that magic moment yeah. when I was going to change everything and everything was going to be, ta-da, you know. And the Lord, again, spoke to me, and I was writing these things down. He says, Steve, you don't seem to understand. I want to take you on a journey. I want to take you on a journey so that you can take the people on a journey. I want to take you on a journey so that you can lead your family well, which led to nine months of going through the book of Psalms. I felt like I gave birth to something, and it was so amazing. And that's what led me to maybe there's more to this book of the Psalms yeah. during the challenges and the trials and the turbulences and the traumatic experiences mm. of our life. That's amazing. And so then out of that is, like, as you said, you gave birth to something. You also gave birth to this, yeah. which has been a great, I think, a great resource and a great book, hearing from God, finding guidance in life's storms, 40 days in the Psalms. So, like, how has this, like, how, how does this work? Like, you know, what's in this for people? So, oftentimes I've been, I've been asked during my counseling sessions, during uh, chaplain visits, uh, people on the street, in the grocery store, in the gas stations, you know, it's like, Steve, I, I, I'm, I'm, getting, I, I'm, I'm getting the boot. I'm going through difficult times. I'm, my kids are unruly. My, 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 my situation at work is changing, and I don't know what to do. And so I wrote this with the idea of let's hear from God. Let's, let's have some navigational tools, but let's also have a little bit of helps and some tips and some quips so that you know how to make it through this life in whatever storm. Yeah, and so I've read this, and, and like I don't just like bring people up to like talk about their book or whatever. That's not like a thing we really do that much, but we do when it's really helpful and is exactly talking about what we're talking about right now. And so what's been great about this, I think, is there's just some some great writing at the beginning of trying to inspire and encourage you, and some pretty moving stories from Steve's life, and then into just some great practical how-tos, like how do I read the Bible? How do I do it thoughtfully? How do I do it prayerfully? And, and giving you some tips and some things that you can do. And so if reading this, this giant book that's thousands of pages with some weird words, right, is, is daunting to you, I think this can be a great point to start, to help you to start to dig in and to start to hear from God in that slowing down way that Steve was talking about. And so I'm grateful for this resource for us. And so I want to thank you. Now, Steve will be in the lobby. He's got his books out there. Uh, you can just talk to him about some other stuff. Uh, love for you to be able to meet him, but just grateful for you, and thanks for putting this out there. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, see you, brother. Yeah. Um, 
Right, so we, we want to slow down, spend some time in the Scriptures. I even have enjoyed this practice recently of, of writing the entire book or chapter or whatever it is I'm reading, of writing it by hand because that slows you down as well and you're thinking about it. I remember just doing that and just being like, wow, I'm seeing things in the text that I never noticed because I was just reading, 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 you know, getting through it, so to speak. And so I encourage you in that. But find something. Use this book. Find a reading plan online. Uh, you know, do, do whatever it takes to start to get yourself into the Word because we have to think biblically about everything. We can't do that. We can't know the truth of God's Word without reading it. So we can't, though, just sit in there and just read the Bible and that alone. So we want to think biblically about everything, but also think humbly about ourselves. And even going back to that Ephesians passage where it says those really classic words of speaking the truth in love. We want to speak the truth and do it in love. So we speak in love, but we still speak truth. Okay, I want to remind us, as we think humbly about ourselves, we still want to speak truth. We want to know truth and speak truth, but we do it with gentleness and respect. Even that series we've been in uh, this whole last summer and before in 2 Timothy, it just over and over again was reminding us to stand strong for what we believe, but to do it with that dignity, respect, humility, um, gentleness, all of that to remind ourselves of love. We were just up at, I'm only going to talk briefly about this because I don't want to get like emotional or something about it, uh, but we just dropped off uh, Grace, our daughter, up at Biola for college. It was very exciting. We got some Biola people <laughs> over there. And I know there's a lot of you that have also, I'm seeing faces of other people I know that have dropped off their precious little babies up at college uh, in this last couple weeks um, and some much farther away than Biola. So I know that uh, that can be uh, much more of a parental struggle, but I'm not here to talk about the parental struggle because we're very excited for them. But, <laughs> but within that, we're listening to you in some of these events up there, listening to the president um, of Biola, Barry Corey, speak, and he started to share some things that was interesting because he said this phrase that was something that um, Pastor Dave Mitchell actually has like said to me all along. And Dave's on the board of Biola and him and Barry Corey are kind of tight. And so I don't know yet if this phrase is something that Dave told him or if he told Dave, but it's definitely something that Dave told me. And it was to have a firm center and soft edges, firm heart, soft edges, okay? That this is, I think, speaking the truth in love is all about this. So he was saying uh, this is his heart, that we would be firm in our convictions of what the truth is and where we find it in the Word of God. We hold those things. A lot of times we say hold things loosely. We don't. We hold those things tightly because we say, no, the truth and our conviction about the Word of God, we hold that firm. We have a firm center, a firm heart. But we have soft edges so that the way that we express that truth, the way that we express that conviction is with gentleness, with respect, with love. It's speaking the truth in love. And so we want to be people that do that. We have things that we care about. We have things that we value. And we say, these are the things that we put down in writing, our doctrinal statement here at Calvary, our values, our purpose, our vision. We hold these things with firm conviction but we express it then with love and gentleness. So I want you to consider here again, this is another sort of self-assessment point. Are you a person that has very, very strong convictions, 
but can maybe express that with a little uh, aggression, let's say. You know, with a little too much passion. Passion's good, but sometimes we get a little bit overly fired up about things and we can steamroll over people with truth. Or are you someone that maybe you've got that, those soft edges, but you got nothing. You're all soft and squishy on the inside. You know, you need a little more firm center, a little more core work happening. Okay? So to consider where are you with that, with the firm center and the soft edges that we speak the truth, but we do it with love. And then within this, a couple other things as, as we think about truth. It's interesting when we think about this value of truth that part of it is to be willing to learn from each other. Part of this is that we are a community. We are a family. That's what the church is. And we all come, even as that Ephesians passage talked about, we all come with different roles, different giftings. It talks about apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists. We think about faith and wisdom and discernment and other spiritual gifts that we might have. And all of that, all those differences come together in unity. And we need, though, to learn from each other because you think, what's the point of church? What's the point of gathering together? And part of that is we need to hear the preached word of God with authority from the word of God, but spoken to our specific locale and our experience. We need that in our lives. But what we also need and what's especially unique about this compared to watching some church online or something is that we need the wisdom of each other. We need to be able to hear God's truth from one another in all of our different giftings. You might need to hear from someone with the gifting of evangelism or the role of evangelist. You might need to hear from someone that is more of that shepherding pastor role type person in other people's lives. You might need to hear from someone with wisdom or faith. Just in these different ways, you need to hear from other people and learn from one another. It's not just all about how you are or how you function, but that's what we need. The whole community speaking into us, young, old, in all sorts of experiences and backgrounds. We love like Jesus across all cultures and all generations here at Calvary. And so we learn that from one another. And then we also then, we don't just learn, we have to do what it says. Obedience. Obedience to the word of God is this ultimate, I think, expression of humility. We think biblically about everything and humbly about ourselves. When we think humbly about ourselves, we think, you know what? Maybe I'm not the only source of truth in my life, but I submit myself to the word of God. And when I do that, that means I actually have to do what it says. I have to step forward and do what the word of God says. So we have to live it out and live it out in boldness. And you just, you learn from this great passage, James 1, 22. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Awesome, right? You do what it says. God will bless you. God will bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants to do that for you. And then I'm just going to skip to this last point. I want us to understand this finally, okay? Believe the truths over the lies. 
you think about this value of truth. I want you to believe the truths over the lies. And what I want to specifically get into here is that I believe that truth and the truth of the scriptures will root out the lies in our life and lead us to a life of love. But we need to even believe not just these sort of high theological doctrinal truths, right? We need to also believe the truths of what Scripture says about us. What does the Bible say about you? Because I want you to hear this when it comes to truth, okay? Again, not just doctrinal truth or what can seem like some sort of kind of obscure doctrine or something, but it's actually truth about you and who you are. Because you are not your sin. You are not the shame that comes from your sin. You are not that. You are not your mistakes. You are not your failures. You are not your inadequacies. The ways that you feel like you don't sort of live up to all of this. That is not who you are. The scriptures actually speak to who you are. Because God knows that you are in sin and shame and failure and inadequacy. That's why he sent his son Jesus. Jesus is adequate. Jesus is enough. And Jesus' work upon the cross and his resurrection covers your sin and your shame and removes it forever. And who you are in Christ is a child of God. You are God's adopted kid, and he loves you so much. You are heirs then. You are heirs of the king who, are, who have an inheritance coming to you. You are indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God. You are beings that are made in the image of God and are free in Christ. And you are gifted to do powerful, powerful things for his kingdom. You are gifted beyond what you could even imagine. You are carriers of hope, ambassadors for the God of the universe and his son to a hurting and dying world. And you are filled with the joy of the Lord that gives you strength. That's the truth of who you are. Amen? Come on. I want you to believe this. That's the truth of who you are. Because I guarantee that you are going to, at times... Maybe it was last night, maybe it was this morning. You're going to lay in your bed and think, what am I doing? Why am I here? What's the point of all this? What is my life about? I'm just, I'm worthless. I'm sinful. I'm shameful. And God says, that is absolutely not how I see you. Not because of what you have done, because of what he has done. How he has made you into that. God loves you. So believe the truth of that as much as you would believe a, high do- a beautiful high doctrinal point about all of these things. Which all of that is so important. But don't fall into the lies of the enemy to make you think of yourself in a way that is other than the way God thinks of you. Believe the truth. And so let's, as we respond here, we just prayerfully submit ourselves to God's truth. And so whether that means living it out, doing what it says, or if that means digging into the scriptures and reading it, if that means even right now as we're about to worship, if that means coming up to one of the prayer points, just receiving some prayer. 
I'd ask a couple pastors and elders or um, others to come and be ready to pray with people there. Uh, we'd just love to pray for you. If like, you're just even finding your identity in all that negative stuff, your sin and shame, and you want to pray for God to speak into the identity that he has given you, then I encourage you in that to believe the truth of the scriptures. Believe who you are in Christ. Let me pray. Lord, we, we love you. We submit ourselves to you. We thank you for the truth of the scriptures. We thank you for the deep and important theological doctrinal truths of who you are and how our world works, what you've done. And we thank you for the truths of who we are in you, Lord. And so I pray, God, that you would help us to believe it and submit to you in it and to obey and then to live lives of truth and grace, to speak the truth in love. Be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen.